Welcome to Conversations with Pussy. This is a podcast which holds liberating and empowering conversations about sexuality, pleasure and healing. We're focused on supporting all vagina owners to feel free and excited about having a loving and soulful relationship with their pussy. I'm your host, Grace Hazel. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Conversations with Pussy. In this particular conversation, I get to have a good old chat with my friend Francesca Secolanovo. Francesca is a healer and she works specifically with sound, yin yoga, cacao and yoga nidra. And Francesca has always inspired me and I get particularly moved by the ways in which she shares about the matters of her personal healing experiences, especially that of losing her father to cancer some years ago. Francesca always brings herself raw and direct and her presence on this particular podcast opens up so much room for emotion and thought. We together go on a big journey which mainly focuses on the subject of healing by allowing ourselves to feel the full spectrum of our emotions and life. Specifically, we cover the process of grief and how it's multi-layered and takes time. We look at finding healing for grief through yin yoga. We talk about embracing all emotion and how internalizing emotion can create sickness. We focus on looking at how light and love and good vibes only, those statements, are actually really damaging within the holistic communities. We talk about, because it's conversations with pussy, Francesca's relationship to her vagina. And we particularly look at her earlier experiences where she wasn't considering or connecting to the needs or wants of her vagina in sexual relationships. And how by doing that, of of ignoring her needs, she started experiencing chronic cystitis. We talk about that even deeper in the way that we see that when we are having sex or um, interacting with a partner that isn't good for us, our body, especially our vagina, can react in these ways with chronic conditions, whether that be cystitis, thrush, for me it was vulvodynia. And finally, we look at how life can be like a ceremony and we talk about our mutual love for plant medicine and the full expansion it's brought to our life. So we did cover a lot in this episode and what I want to say is like, wow, you might want to get a notebook because what we talk about felt really emotive and personally I came off of that call just feeling deep gratitude for the ways in which Francesca shares and bears her soul and I'm so grateful for her for doing that within Conversations with Pussy. So, as always, do make yourself a cup of tea or a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 45-ish minutes. Francesca, welcome to Series 2 of Conversations with Pussy. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today, and I feel like there's so much that we might accidentally or on purpose talk about. Before I get you to say hey and um, to start taking over and speaking more than I do, I'd like to say that it's such a pleasure to have this moment together and also just to reflect. And I want to tell the listeners that 
we we kind of started talking a bit more and I think we first met ever in Remind Studio in London because I was teaching a class and you were teaching there at the time. So we had this moment where you came up to me and I was like, this is the friendliest person I've ever met in my whole entire life. I think we sent a selfie. Well, we took a selfie together, first meeting and sent it to someone. And they went a bit quiet after that. And then I remember taking a, a dose of mushrooms and going sitting in the woods next to my house and I was getting really flustered about where the heck I was meant to be living and um the mushrooms were like just visualize visualize and I started visualizing and there you bloody were in the visual <laughs> and I thought okay I'm gonna hold that to myself for a hot second and um after a couple of days, I don't think it was long, you sent me a message on Instagram and it was literally like a, what are you doing for your living situation, Grace? And I was just sat there like, okie dokie, something's going on here. Something's going on. We need to, at least if we don't move into with each other, we need to at least be in touch with each other. So I'm glad that we did that and we started to chat. And I'm also really glad to have your voice and to have you here to share your wisdom on conversations with Pussy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. And yeah, how, because I remember I messaged you the very first time when I came back from backpacking and I was just reaching out to folks and I was like, hi, I love the work that you do. <laughs> and yes, that was crazy. And um, yeah. It's amazing how we've just been popping into each other's field ever since, really. Exactly. And um, whether that be through dreams or ceremony, I'm up for it. And I've had a lot of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always messaged you and been like, I've had a dream about you. I seem to get round in the dream realms. I don't know about you, but it's really funny when someone says, you were in my dream last night and you were doing this, that and the other. And I think, Christ, right. Well, that's where I was last night then when I was fast asleep. <laughs> so let's turn it to, I'm going to ask you a few questions so folks can get to know you a bit better. Um, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are she and her. Thank you. And tell us, we'll go into this a bit more in a bit, but tell us about what, what the work is that you do. So... I've, all, I've sat quite hard and like I've always thought about this because I've always had people like, in essence, what is it that you do? And I think fundamentally what I do is, is I help to create spaces where people can slow down and to journey back home within themselves into a deeper layer, the deeper, deeper, deeper essence of, of the body and the soul of who they are. And I do that with sound healing, um, yin yoga. I do ceremonies like cacao ceremonies and embodied movement journeys. And sometimes it will be a fusion of all three or all of them or maybe elements of them. So, yeah, that's what I, I do. Beautiful. I love how you described that part about allowing people to journey to the home within themselves. And... I really feel like when we cut all the crap of like what we're actually doing and how we do it, that's generally when we're working in the healing realms, that's generally what we're aiming for, right? To allow people to find home in their body again, in some way to connect to their spirit. Yeah, totally. Cause I just feel 
life, society, it's so drawn on making us so much more external and we're always looking for answers. We're looking for a place that feels home externally from ourselves. And then I think having these opportunities where we can have a space where we're not so externally distracted, we realize that, oh my God, there is so much more within me that I can unravel in the wisdom that I hold and revelations that happen just by slowing down is so profound. Mm, absolutely. And the way that that works through the medicine of yin and so I feel like when I was huge into the yoga scene and there's no offense to any yogis who are listening I in London particularly it's it's very hardcore yoga there was a lot of hardcore yoga at the time when I was practicing and I feel like the beauty of when yin yoga started to get popular was this almost literally bringing the yin to the yang that was happening all around London. People would be, you know, working nine to five and then rushing to, a, to an ashtanga class and going wild on their mat. And then there was no slowdown. There was the mindfulness of breath and body. But actually, I feel like yin gives so much space for people just to flop into a, a, a melty a melty mess I was going to say but let's say a melty puddle onto their mats and actually get to really feel what's going on for them oh totally I remember when I when I first before I even did my training of yin um, I actually disliked everything about yin I walked out of every single class I went to um, because the essence of yin is that you need to be here. There is nowhere else that you need to be than right here in this moment. And I was in a really tricky time in my life where clearly I just wasn't ready to sit with myself and be with everything that I wasn't dealing with. And I just remember teaching yin, what, I think two years now I've been teaching yin. And Yin has, for me, yin has never really been given the recognition that it needs or the promotion that it needs within studios. And yin, I always found, was always just one of those classes. It's just on the timetable, but it's never pushed. You know, we'll have it there. It's a bit of a stretch class. And, and I remember that really got to me because I knew for myself and my own experience journeying through yin that yin was so much more than just stretching your muscles it really was for me a time to 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 reconnect to every single layer of who you are physically mentally emotionally and there's so much healing in that and yeah I remember yin classes would be like two people in a class and it's really changed, I think, I re it's really changed the way people have viewed well-being and wellness. Because you can go and do all your yang exercises, your vinyasas, your ashtangas. You can go to the gym and have a really strong, toned body. But you can realize there's something still missing. That mentally something's not quite right not quite settled because our mental well-being is equally if not more important and people need to people are starting to remember and to realize that we need to put a lot more 
effort within our conscious way of slowing down and, and connecting to ourselves, to our mind, our soul, more than the physical. So I'm glad to see there is this shift starting to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go into more about what actually yin is, because I feel that there is, there might be some folks who are listening to this and maybe they've seen yin on the timetable if they go to a yoga studio, or maybe they just have no idea what yin is at all. They're not in the, the yoga world, but we won't go into that straight away. I want to kind of leave that for the, the tasty bits in a bit. We're on conversations with pussy, so we might as well talk about a bit of pussy stuff. Um, <laughs> what is it? What is the name that you call your genitals? So I call my genitals, I call her my yoni, or I full out call her my pussy, which feels... Pussy was always a word where I always felt a little bit embarrassed and ashamed of like, oh, it's, it's almost a bit harsh when I was younger. Oh, it's a bit harsh. Oh, it's a bit dirty. But now it's just like, yeah, it's my pussy. And yeah, it, it's a really powerful word. Agree. Absolutely agree. Is there, and I've been asking loads of people this question recently because we've been doing the recording of conversations with Pussy and um, every Tuesday and Thursday I chat to someone, I ask the very same question. And we seem to be getting this, um, this space of people use different words for different situations. So I'm wondering for you, when does Puss come out or when does Pussy come out and when does Yoni come? Yeah, that's so true. I would say if I'm in a, if I'm in a crowd of people I don't really know too well, and it's a bit more of a formal situation, I'd probably say vagina. If I am in spaces where I'm maybe holding a space in an, an event or something like that, maybe then I would say Yoni. And then if I'm with my partner or if I'm with really like people who I feel comfortable with and then that's when pussy comes out. Absolutely. I feel like pussy is some, sometimes something that you wouldn't say to say um, your, your partner's grandmother. You know, you wouldn't just whack that out. <laughs> Definitely not. I think, yeah, I, I would probably use vagina for that one. <laughs> even revert back to down there <laughs> or give her a wink whilst you point down and you know you point know down. That, that bit <laughs> you've got to pick your you've got to pick your environment right um and um next thing so puss i i don't know why i keep saying puss for you i've become obsessed with saying puss i'm like I think it's because on Instagram you get picked up a little bit for saying words such as sex and puss. So my account is one of those classic ones where I think the algorithm tries to get people to avoid me. Um, so when I went through the pussy days, I had to really change everything up and start saying something completely different. Um, and puss has just come out of the woodwork recently. I just love how it's kind of a cute name. You can almost say it. Maybe I could say it to my grandmother. I could be like the puss because it sounds kind of, it sounds still strong because we're going with a, a, an alternative towards pussy, but it's also a bit like something you could actually call your cat. 
I actually 100% agree with that. I, I would feel comfortable saying puss in front of family members, definitely. It's, it sounds really cute, actually. The puss. Like a little puss puss. <laughs> so next question and we're going to keep it alongside um your genitals what is the biggest thing that you and your genitals have been through so i would say the biggest thing that me and my pussy have been through is the realization that she needs to be heard. Um, I remember growing up, just being really disconnected from her. And in my sexual relations, not always really considering her needs and wants, and just really, oh my goodness getting into some juicy things, but I mean, never really considering her at all. And I remember when I would go through these patterns of literally just kind of neglecting her, it was like, okay, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. And I would get bouts of cystitis all the time. And then it would literally, for me, when I get cystitis, it's crippling. It really puts me to a halt. And it's almost, it's her way of like, I am not separate from you and you need to, you need to listen to me. And it's like these subtle signals that I get when I, for example, if I know I'm in a relationship that it isn't right for me, or if I'm sleeping with someone where I know this is not good for me, emotionally, energetically. And I remember I was kind of seeing someone and, you know, I kind of feel like sometimes you get a little bit, just going to say it, you get a little bit digmatized and, and, um, you know, you shouldn't be there, but somehow you're still there. And, and I remember feeling very profoundly in around my, my, the, my only area was that it just didn't feel right. And I remember I was doing a 40 day sadhana and I came to the end of my, my sadhana is like a spiritual practice. And I remember I was sitting in meditation and I literally felt her pulsating and automatically it was like, oh my God, you know, I knew exactly what she was referring to. And I was like, I promise you, we are not going back there again. And then from that point, when I made that promise with her, like this tingling feeling of like the itch of cystitis that I knew she was going to bombard me with disappeared. So yeah, the realization that we really need to... To connect. I hear you and I really appreciate you bringing up this subject because it's something that I've had a lot with friends and um, particularly in the ways that our vagina, I'm going to say vagina, let's, I'm saying pussy, so we're talking about the whole genitals. It's, it's sensitive and I was teaching the last call of the awakening on Sunday and it just plopped out my mouth when I was tuning everybody into psychic centers. So I initially was like, okay, let's tap into third eye. And then I started being like, well, hang on a second. The third eye isn't the only psychic center for sure. And I feel like we've got so much intuitive nature within our body and particularly 
in our pussy, we it's almost like um, a compass. I feel like in my experience through life, and um, I'm sure folks will know about my experience with vulvodynia, but there's a particular story that I actually want to say, which is in relation to what you've just answered about. Um, And I feel like my pussy smells out bullshit. And I want to say that all pussies smell out bullshit when we give them the space to bloody listen to to what they're saying at any given moment. And um, it wasn't even that long ago, right? This this thing didn't happen that long ago. So even though the physical symptoms of vulvodynia for me, which was chronic pain in my vulva, have dispersed, it doesn't come back, my pussy is still very clever at letting me know when something is off through the feeling of pain. So it's like the symptom of vulvodynia will come back. And that's her way of going, yo, listen up. Something around this situation isn't A, serving you, or you need to know something about this person. Now, I'm not going to give details about where I was and who this happened with. (laughs) But I was at an event, which was a sexuality event. And there was a big group of folks and we went through all of these rituals and then at the end um i was meant to be staying around my friend's house and we'd arranged this whole thing and me and her were going to have a sleepover and i was really excited about this whole situation this man comes up to me and um i i'm feeling good i'm feeling great we've just done some great stuff in the circle this man comes up to me and starts talking to me He could have been talking about anything, really. I can't even remember what exactly he was saying, but my vagina started burning, as in, to the point that I felt like there's so much crippling pain that I had to leave the the space. So I spoke, I was like, God, what's going on here? Spoke to my friend, said, I have to go. And as soon as I left the room, my vagina turned back to normal. It was like, it was honestly like magic. And um, I don't want, again, I'm not going to give too much information about this person, but what my understanding is from, um, from reflection of what other folks have spoken about this person being was that it was, I had a good reason. My vagina had a good reason for, for giving me those warning signals. My vagina was picking up on the resonance of his sex center, perhaps, whatever we want to say. Um, and also to come back to the societies piece for you, I know so many people who have been having sex with someone who's not quite quite right and they know that deep down and they'll get fresh again and again or they'll get cystitis again and again and I really believe that whilst it might not mean that that person is a murderer there's something in it there's something in it and it's it, it's so empowering when we can actually listen to those pains such as cystitis such as fresh or whatever it might be as a real teacher and an intuitive guide to ask, well, what out of this situation isn't serving my highest and best good? And also just wanted to point, it's like I always find as well, it's not, and sometimes when I get cystitis, it's not about the person. I also sometimes feel it's highlighting how I'm showing up. How am I, am I, am I, am I just showing up absently or am I, Am I really taking the time for her? Is she fully, is this a full yes? And those moments when I haven't, she's like, you need to be paying me more attention. So 
thank you for clarifying that bit too because we don't need everyone who's getting cystitis every time they have sex with their boyfriend to go and you know yeah. up with them <laughs> or girlfriend um so what I'd like to add as well is that, yes, completely. It might be to do with the, the situation at hand and it might be asking you. And again, I'm going to give a, a relative answer for or a relative example of something that I've experienced. And again, it was only last year um, where my vagina started going with pain upon relating with a man who was fine but I wasn't stepping up and owning my voice in those sexual situations um, because the magnetism between us was really strong. And for some reason I'd lose my sense of power and my voice and my ability to state my boundaries in the sexual situation. And so my vagina would hurt because it was like, babe, what are you up to? You know better than this. Oh my God, that's exactly how recently, I ha recently you've had a bout of cystitis and it's not really about my partner, but more about me. It's me and it, exactly that. It's like, babe, hang on a minute. You know better than this. You need to step up your game. Exactly that, exactly. So I feel like this, this, um, this conversation is really powerful because it's essentially lining up with every single thing that I'm always inviting folks to do, which is to listen to the power of their sex center as a real compass for life in all of the ways. And I think we can also extend that into the whole wisdom of our body. Every single thing that happens within our body is a call for hello, listen deeper, please. And so I think this is a really amazing sidestep into actually talking a bit more about the work that you do and why you do it. Because especially when we were talking about yin, it's a real space, like you mentioned at the beginning, to drop into really listening within. And I was particularly interested when you said that actually when you began slowing down and doing the yin training that you didn't like it that you resisted it and that you also felt like actually there was something there which was that you were resisting going deeper into yourself there was something that you weren't willing to look at at that time so I'm wondering if you'd be open to talk a bit about that yeah of course so <clears throat> um probably I the biggest catalyst um before I started doing my yin training, I never actually practiced yin. I didn't actually even experience anything that I do, sound healing or anything. Um, but I was going through a really difficult time around three years ago. It's quite a long story, but to keep it brief was my father passed away and I was made redundant and I was in a very toxic relationship. And, and I just remember I was really close to my dad and watching just someone who I care about so deeply get so poorly. My, my father had cancer and just watching him deteriorate in health. Someone who's like this old school, really strong Italian and, and then all of a sudden watch to kind of be a shell of who he was. And I didn't really know what to do. And I went traveling for 
six months and I went by myself really not knowing like what am I doing in life because I was made redundant I literally had nothing I was like what I had moments of what am I even doing here and and then I remember like doing a couple of yin classes while I traveled and I was like oh my god why is this person making me stay here for three to five minutes Oh my God, I just remember just my mom. It was like an atomic bomb. It was all of a sudden, all the, my body went into stillness and then everything that I tried to suppress and hide was coming to the surface. Like, finally, you can feel me. Finally, you can deal with me. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? No, I am not ready to deal with you. And I would literally pick myself up and walk out of class. I, Cause I was just like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? This hurts, not physically, but it was hurting me mentally. It was hurting me emotionally. And, but the thing is, I always know as well, when you tend to really dislike something, 90% of the time, it's something that you need. And you know, sometimes we can really dislike something, oh, it's not good for me. But actually, maybe it's not what you like, but it's what you need. And so I really started to dedicate more time in yin. I did my yin training. And what I thought yin was, it ended up being like an iceberg. I thought yin was, oh, you know, slowing down, meditative. And it's like this pin. And then I did my training. It was like, really, yin is this iceberg underneath the water. It's really a time for us to really to cultivate a deeper sense of self-awareness and you we can't lead our lives fully if we cannot be able to connect to the full range of experiences full range of emotions of who we are and what we are and what we have been through and Yin has been just so healing for me because it's really allowed me to not numb away from and hide away from. It's really allowed me to just experience the full range of what it means to be human. And that's so important because for me, so much of pain and negativity, dare I say like, oh, you're, you're so negative. Oh, don't be sad is so toxic. And I feel like we need to reframe our minds away from that kind of talk of, oh, don't be so negative. Oh, don't be sad. Just cheer up. Reality is we need to face it. Whatever it is that we've gone through, we need the, the time and the space to heal it, to feel it, to heal it. And we can fully understand it. And we can eventually, in time, move from it stronger than what we were before feeling this so much feeling this so much in my body actually and i really feel grateful that you brought up the subject of the toxicity of not feeling negative emotions and i feel like we we're on a great piece of change now and perhaps it's just my gaze is going to other directions and so i'm feeling that we're in great change and maybe it was there all along but my 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 this deep sense in me is that we must experience the full range, the full kaleidoscope of our emotions because that is what makes us human. And when we um, 
don't allow ourselves to really go into something that's been difficult. Maybe it's a grief, maybe it's a loss, maybe it's something else. When we don't allow ourselves to experience the well of that, we are also saying no to experiencing the full sense of joy that we can feel, the full sense of deep love we can feel. And I've been working on this a lot through ceremony, actually, because I, and I'll, I'll share it to, to you, but also obviously I've got loads of people listening, <laughs> fine by me. But what I have noticed over the years was that I was very, very good at running away and hiding from the hard stuff. So if something felt difficult, I would find a way of avoiding it. I would find a way of either going traveling. It sounds a, sim a little similar to, to what you did. And it's very easy just to get away from the scene of the crime, whatever that may be, and, and avoid it in a different country. And what I didn't realize was, and this has been years and years of storing this up, I didn't realize that by avoiding and consistently moving away from the painful pieces, what I, what, it wasn't that those were going away. Those were just building up in resonance within me. And um, what I began to discover, and it was particularly around a couple of years ago, I would say, was that I went into an experience of like loads of panic attacks, loads of existential life crises. My whole skin broke out in a huge rash that would, just wouldn't go away. And I would look in the mirror at times and I'd be like, I literally feel like I look dead. Now, I was going to shamanic events where we would be doing huge emotional release I was going to ceremonies but I was still I, there was obviously a conscious part of me or an unconscious part of me that was like you can't go there while simultaneously experiencing this not going there I was also not able to show up fully and wholeheartedly in my relationships it felt like I couldn't fully experience the whole capacity of my heart and what I've began or what I realized through these, these hard moments was that actually the eruption of panic attacks, the eruption of my skin was the eruption of all the grief that I refused to really go there and process. And in that, I know now that you cannot just avoid going through grief. You cannot avoid the grief. You cannot just go, oh, la, 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 if I, if I don't look at it for, for five years, 10 years, that's not going anywhere. That will build up and it will come out in some way, whether that be through a physical illness, whether that be through something that comes up mentally, um, it will come up and we must, I believe, begin to really make friends with all of the layers of ourselves, all of the parts of ourselves. Um, and that may be the joy, but also for me, sometimes it's like sitting in a really anxious phase and being like, I'm a fucking horrible human being and like really sitting in, in my shadow and sometimes thinking that other people's shadow looks a bit romantic, but mine just feels gnarly. But to be with that, and to go, but this is just part of me. I don't need to change this part or do anything with this part. I can just be with it. And the more that I can be with it, the more that it doesn't as much regularly visit and that I can be more with my joy, more with the love. But it doesn't mean that that's going away ever. And I'm okay about that. 100%, I think we need to realize that everyone's shit stinks and we all have a shadow, you know, you know, I'm, 
sometimes an awful person. Maybe in my mind, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm awful. And I think it's the realization that we need to just be, we need to befriend every single facet of who we are. We're multidimensional beings, you know, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to do things we're not proud of. We're all going to say things in the heat of the moment, but it's being able to come back into a neutral space and be like, okay, I cocked up here. And how am I going to move forward to be more aligned to the essence of who I really am? And definitely feeling you on that because I remember I used to really internalize everything. And I remember I got really sick. Um, several times in my life, I've, I suffer from bouts of alopecia. So my hair would drop out. I would have hives on my skin. Um, I'd have issues with my digestion. And it was this real, I remember I would really internalize so much anger that I felt like my body was raging and it was just all this anger and heat trying to find a way out. And I wasn't wanting to let it out. I was like a ticking bomb. And um, it's through ceremony also um, that I came to realize that, you know, growth isn't just about ascending and reaching the highest highs. If we want to be able to experience the full height of joy, we need to be able to be open to the experience of the full range of sadness, the full range of anger, the full range of hurt. So then we can really appreciate the full heights of happiness and joy and all of the good stuff. But then also the idea that when we grow, we don't just ascend and we don't just raise our vibration and it's all about going higher. When we grow, I came to the realization that we grow in all directions. And I think that is for me something that really changed the game really for me that we are growing in all directions and we can't just focus on the highs in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say for listeners, we're talking a bit about ceremony. And um, of course, I've known Francesca and we've had private conversations, so we know what we're talking about. But um, I wanted to just say that we don't need to go into the specific plants, but just working a lot with plant medicine. And I'll, I'll say more actually working in shamanic traditions, because there was something for me when I found the more shamanic tradition of um working rather than I'd been really in the yoga scene and it, I I had got, got caught up in the hashtag positive vibes only <laughs> and when I found shamanic work I was like wow being in ceremony is a really amazing space to be alongside folks who are going through or going into the depths of them. And sometimes that's really ugly and that's really scary. And sometimes there will be someone next door having, you know, being in, in fits of giggles or just rolling around and having an amazing time. Or someone might be up singing and dancing and like you can literally see spirit moving through them. Or there might be an exorcism going on in the corner. And for me, I love the way that ceremony, for, it, it almost sheds a a vision on what life is, you know, we have it all. And to be with a group of people to witness them in all that they are feels like such a wonderful way to get to know someone to just be like, wow, I've seen you at your 
kind of worse, but also I've seen you in your most amazing pieces. And to just bring it all up to the surface and go, this is all of the parts of who I am. The people that I've met through medicine and through ceremony over the years have to be the people that I feel the most deep love and connection for because I feel that they've seen so many elements of me and they still love that and vice versa. I literally got chills when you were just saying that because for me too, it's, it really just, it really condenses everything. We know we, it, it really is this metaphor that life is messy, life is painful, but life is also beautiful. And, and there's so much joy and everything in it. And it's experience everything in ceremony in, in this kind of crazy roller coaster of experiences and emotions and feelings and then being with everyone and everyone being so heart open and non-judgmental and just being oh my god this person has just seen me throw up this person has just seen me with tears down my face ugly crying and then you're also like i've been in that space where i've been ugly crying and i've been like oh my god what is going on and then i'll be up dancing being like oh my god this is beautiful <laughs> i love it literally that i i was um I was in ceremony last year and I remember at one point just being so sick, so sick. I think I had my head in a bush somewhere, but I was also being like, oh, I just probably just get up. And I just remember being sick, but then also hearing songs and literally just also hearing myself singing really beautifully, but not in, it wasn't like I was intentionally doing it. It was like I'd yak a load of stuff up in the, in the bush and then I'd be like singing like an angel. And it's like, all of the things go, all of the things go, and it's, it's a wonderful place. And another piece to add, actually, because, of course, shamanism isn't just having ceremonies with plant medicine. What I would like to say about what I have reflected on, and I'm, I'm not a shaman, but I've worked in those realms for um, many years um, through, and I'm not holding the space, but being in the spaces. So this is what I take from it. Forgive me if I've not taken it completely correctly but this is my witnessing that there is a lot of the, the culture through shamanic work teaches us and it, it supports us to go through initiation so there's a lot of the death and rebirth ceremonies right so you're going to the the edges to the limits of yourself so much so that it could feel like you're dying so that you can come out reborn renewed and I feel like there comes to this, it comes to a link into what we were saying about actually, we need to allow ourselves to go there, to go into the depths of the processes that life initiates us with. We don't always have to go into a, a death and rebirth ceremony through shamanic work. Life is literally, sometimes I think life is a ceremony. I'm literally like, whoa, I'm on a journey. And um, we get these initiations and that is a moment to um, say, do I choose to accept this as a chance to go deep 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 so that I can meet a new layer of me and my soul or do I avoid it do I push that away and, and, and say perhaps no to it and so I feel like the layers of, of which shamanism teaches us so much teaches us about how we work with life and I feel like that for me lands really deeply in my bones in the way that we do this work 
Yeah, and I also just really wanted to touch upon, because I know sometimes when um, ceremony comes up into conversation, it can sound like a, a really great and wonderful experience. And I, I, I know a lot of, you know, people get the feel of, oh, I want to go in and have this amazing experience, but actually there's a lot of work that goes into it. And a lot does come up, but it's really important that going into ceremony, you need to be ready to to do some deep soul searching afterwards, a lot of deep integration afterwards, because it's not just this, it is, it is an amazing experience, it can be, but there is so much more to it, um, especially after the experience. And I think that is, if anything, the most important element of ceremony is what you take from it and what you implement into your life and integrate from then on. I absolutely agree. You, you've just nailed it in there to say that actually, yes, through the wildness, can we then take what we've learned through that and integrate it into a new way of being into our life? And again, that relates to ceremony, but also when we go through our life's initiations, do we choose to go through that wildness and then can we take the medicine from that and really allow that to change the way that we show up to things? So I'm aware of the time and how, how we're spinning into some wonderful conversations. And I really appreciate this conversation. I feel like it's really refreshing to have. Um, so what I would love to do is to begin to close, but not close, close, because we've got another couple of questions. And the first question is, if you could tell your younger self one thing about sex that you know now, what would it be? That's such a good question. Um, I would tell my younger self that what I need and what I want matters and how I show up matters. And I'm not there purely and merely for the pleasure of someone else. And, and, to take that time to lean into the subtleties of my body and what it needs and how it feels instead of numbing out and being like, do I feel, am I comfortable? Do I feel safe? Is this a full yes? Um, and the, the subtleties pre-intercourse and really feeling if I'm in a, in a full yes space and really tapping into just how I'm feeling and being able to voice that and share that with a partner instead of feeling like I need to perform. Mm, thank you. Definitely on it with that, that full yes and the need to not have to perform. Such a beautiful thing to, to, close on so the last thing I'd love to know and to let everyone else know that who's listening is um where can they find you what channels can they find you on how can they work with you how can they find out more about what you do okay so you can find me super even more active on my instagram which is Francesca underscore Sekalanovo underscore wellness might need to type that one out. <laughs> so you can find me there where I'm most active. Um, and I hold 
weekly uh, yin classes. I tend to hold at least monthly um, events where it can be a combination of dance and movement, cacao ceremonies. Um, so yeah, I definitely say stay up to date and follow me more actively on good old Instagram. Perfect. And I will put your links in the show notes. So if anybody <laughs> wants to go and follow and they're like, I don't know how to spell your surname, then we will um, we'll have that on the show notes so everybody can just click easily. Well, Francesca, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with me here. And I feel like we've gone on a little journey through lots of different subjects, ceremony, sex, yin, healing. And I really appreciate um, that you've, you've been here and you've shared your wisdom and you've opened up such a gorgeous and inspiring conversation. Oh, thank you so much. I really truly feel blessed and humbled and honored that you asked me to be here and have this conversation with you so thank you so much love thank you for tuning in for this episode of conversations with pussy as always if you enjoyed this episode please do leave a rating and a review and even better than that or in addition to that in fact please do share this podcast episode on your social media channels and do tag me in on instagram my instagram is grace underscore 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 hazel and of course do get francesca's instagram tagged on this particular episode too and her instagram will be included in the show notes i hope you have a beautiful day whatever it is that you are up to or if it's the other side of the day i hope you have a good night's rest i will speak to you next week